Hello, everybody. Welcome to the latest edition of the IntelliBee podcast. I'm your host, Casey Hawkinson. And remember, with IntelliBee, we take pride in introducing mobile growth initiatives and giving a fresh outlook on large-scale projects due to our top-tier management of cross-functional teams and capacity for understanding agile projects. Our experience with system technology and design of all shapes and sizes is what sets us apart. We're happy to have a guest here with us uh, today, Sam Thigpen. He is the CEO of Sapphire Gas Solutions. Welcome, Sam. And for those of you out there, uh, Sapphire provides virtual pipeline solutions for utility, pipeline, high horsepower, asphalt aggregate, and other end users where virtual pipeline systems are required. Since 2012, the company has been providing both large and small scale virtual pipeline solutions to customers across the lower 48 United States. Again, Sam, uh, welcome. Thanks for joining us here. Um, how are you here today? I'm doing great, Casey. Thanks for thanks for having me. Really, uh, really excited about uh, getting an opportunity to chat today. Well, great. Well, great. Um, you know, uh, our our guests are, uh, excuse me, our audience, a very business centric audience, a lot of executives and, and business owners. So we always like to find out your background, the background of the guests. So can you um, uh, maybe shed some light on your history and and what led you to where you are now as being the the chief executive of, of Sapphire? Yeah, yeah, happy to. Uh, yeah, so I actually got in the natural gas business in 1998. Okay. Uh, I started my career um, as a gas plant operator. I was uh, running a cryogenic gas plant as an operator, um, not long out of high school, and worked in that plant for a few years. Uh, went through a went through a merger um, with that facility, and and ended up getting laid off and work work my way into the actual pipeline construction and service business at that time that was kind of my next foray in the in the business and uh worked for some service companies for the first you know a few years and and by 2005 i had worked on pipeline construction i had operated pipelines operated gas plants uh done a lot of instrumentation and control work and uh, so i had a had a pretty good knowledge of the gas midstream business and mm. had an opportunity to start my own business. And so in 2005, I struck out on my own and started what is now Sapphire. Oh, wow. Well, congratulations uh, on, on making that start. And so you've been at it since 2005. So um, with the length of your career here, uh, talk to us about like any kind of big changes that you've had to adjust to in your career. Oh yeah, there's there's been a ton of those for sure. Yeah, I uh, you know when when I started the business in 05, from about 05 to 2012, it was really primarily focused on kind of small scale control system type uh, services in the in the midstream business. We were doing instrumentation, we were doing communication systems, um, we were doing a little bit of construction. Uh, we got into uh, that's actually about the period of time where we got into our first compressed natural gas fueling station construction business. So we got in the compressed natural gas fueling uh, station operation and service during that period of time. And by 2012, uh, we actually were building stations as a contractor 
uh, for fleets, maybe bus fleets or refuse fleets, um, primarily here in Texas. And so that was probably the first big change we we went through was from being a, a small labor centric uh, service type company to being an actual contractor doing construction. And that was a big change for, for me and for our business, for sure. We're very small back then. So everybody wore a lot of hats, you know, um, back then. And, uh, so that's, that's actually how we got into the compressed and liquefied natural gas business was through that original station construction for the transportation market. Okay. And so you mentioned, um, it sounds like that first chapter or two, you know, happened from 05 to 2012. So, uh, talk to us about, you know, maybe from 2013 to now, uh, how how has the business been and and what kind of a, advancements have you you know been a part of yeah so that that you know t- 2012 2013 were very transformative years for our business we we had the opportunity through our involvement in compressed natural gas fueling stations uh, to start providing natural gas by truck by trailer uh, to customers that were having a, a hard time connecting to a pipeline, or during that time, they were looking at getting natural gas to displace diesel for high horsepower engines. So like drilling rigs, uh, oil field production equipment that had historically been consuming diesel, they were looking at how could they start consuming natural gas and lowering their emissions. And that that was all by truck. And so we we started out as uh, primarily oil field service until the downturn in 2015. Okay. Um, that was that was another big transformative time of change for us in 2015. The oil field service market for us, uh, providing fuel to displace diesel, kind of dried up. And so I looked at the business and said, okay, we've got this equipment, we've got this skill set. Where could we apply it? And that's when we that's when we ventured into the pipeline and utility infrastructure support around the U.S. We realized that pipelines have to go down for testing and maintenance. New pipelines are being constructed for urban growth. Uh, and there's this period of time where people need natural gas, but they can't get it through traditional infrastructure. And that's where trucking gas came in. Mm-hmm. And ever since 2015, that's been our sole focus of our business is a virtual pipeline provider for industrial, commercial, uh, pipeline and utility customers. So you all scaled out rather quickly going from just, you know, an operation in Texas to now serving 48 states. That's that's quite, uh, talk to us about that growth period. Yeah, it, it's it's been, yes, that was, that's been quite the growth. And, and obviously that's been one of the biggest challenges for us to maintain, right? Being in the Houston area is where we're from. Mm-hmm. Uh, but servicing customers all over the country. What what we found out early on um, is, you know, the big pipeline companies that we would work with here in the Texas market or along the Gulf Coast, they also own pipelines all over the country. They're huge, right? Mm-hmm. They're, you know, they have thousands of miles of pipe and they have tons of end users that need need this kind of service. And so our customers really drove our national growth because, they might have a system in Georgia or Alabama or Oklahoma that needed this type of service, even though we're from Texas. So that really drove our growth. And um, what we learned is we had to put together, you know, procedures and operations and and really a 
a way of doing business that we could send folks out on the road for two or three or four weeks at a time or longer mm-hmm. and, and know that they were operating to the way we needed them to operate. So we spent a lot of time on process and systems over the last years as we've grown. And really over the last couple of years, we've really put a lot of effort into our systems and process to, to really scale that rapidly. So um, just out of curiosity, um, you mentioned sending folks out, um, you know, kind of around a standard operating procedure. Um, and where, what does that look like for you now? Or is, have you been able to like take some of that work and make it remote or are you, you still sending folks out there? No, we, we, we have a very heavy uh, presence uh, in the field with our, okay. with our service personnel. So uh, we, we, we move all of our own equipment. Everything we do uh, is internally or, or we, try, we try to make it internal. Okay. Uh, so we have our own truck drivers. We own all of our own equipment. Oh, wow. We have our own service technicians. So when we have a project that comes up, say, in you know, uh, somewhere around the country, uh, we have a process where we we prep the equipment and we put together a project package. Uh, we assign the personnel that are going to operate that project. And and as a group, they move that equipment to site um, and install it or rig it up. And then we start providing natural gas deliveries for whatever the duration of that project is. And we we have on our shorter term projects, we typically have it staffed 24 hours a day. Mm-hmm. Our longer term equipment uh, might be installed, say, in an asphalt plant where we're the primary gas supply for a number of years. We would install permanent equipment there, and then we will monitor a lot of that remotely. We can monitor pressures and temperatures and flow rates and and things like that. And then the only people that have to go on site are service personnel when there's a, a need for maintenance or the truck drivers to make the actual gas delivery. Okay. And um, so let's talk about maybe the day to day. What what sort of tools are very essential for you all? It, it can be like types of software, types of technology you're using. What are what are those kind of essential tools that are keeping keeping you running a very efficient business? Yeah, you know, I mean, it starts all the way to the beginning. You know, one of the most essential tools we have is our CRM software, you uh-huh. know, our customer resource management. When, when opportunities or projects or leads come in, we've got to manage that. Again, you know, being across the nation, we've got to be able to manage that inflow of data and the, the leads and the opportunities. We have to manage that correctly. Um, that gets fed into also a, uh, a, a project management software. Okay. So that's a, that's a software where all of our teams collaborate. We have various divisions in the business. So we have a transportation division. We have a, a long-term operational division and a short-term operational division. And they all collaborate through our project management software. So that's where drawings or site plans or work plans or procedures get uploaded into a centralized location. So you know, when we do a project like this, we may have four or five people or more involved in the planning up front. And so we wanted to make sure that we've got a central location to manage that. So we have a project management software where that happens. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, obviously we have an ERP system in our business where we can mm-hmm. bring that information back as we execute. It goes into asset tracking, uh, finance for accounting and billing and, and, and utilization of equipment. 
as well. And then we're, this this year, we've actually installed uh, Power BI as mm. a business intelligence tool to to take all of the information from our safety softwares and our project management softwares, uh, our operational software, and put that into these dashboards and analytics so we can see mm. overall pictures of the business. And that that's been a great tool for us. It's it's something new. We're we're still we're still early stages with it. So we yeah. have some very rudimentary use, but it's it's proven to be a very powerful tool to uh, consolidate systems and technologies into one central location for us to manage. And you know, particularly in 2023, as we head into next year, you know, the big the big kind of uh, buzzword or acronym, if you will, that's affected pretty much every business has been AI. Um, can you talk to us about like, has, as as you know, artificial intelligence, has AI come into your day-to-day to, to help you in any sort of way? It hasn't yet, but we're playing around with it. We, we uh, are looking at it. We, we've, we've looked at um, various scenarios where AI could help us both operationally and from a business intelligence standpoint. Um, you know, we haven't implemented any type of real AI into our business, but mm-hmm. it's definitely something that's coming. Uh, mm-hmm. And I think we see a lot of potential. We see a lot of potential with that uh, to help with decision making and help with trigger points that may uh, give notifications to folks, um, you know, when certain things happen. Mm. So what we've seen in some of our early investigations, I think there's a lot of benefit to it. Uh, but that's something that will will probably take another 12 to 24 months for us to really implement it in a way that's meaningful. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. And, um, you know, as um, we, we may have touched on this a little bit, but uh, I'm always interested to know, like, um, what sort of challenges and maybe we can just because you've got a, a lot of chapters to your business. Maybe we just go back to just kind of the very recent one where you've you've hit this growth period and you're operating now in all 48 states. Like within that time period, what sort of challenges maybe that you've overcome that you're proud of that you maybe look back on and say, I'm, you know, really proud of an or as an organization, we were able to kind of accomplish this. Uh, is there anything come to mind? Yeah, there, there's a laundry list. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know, we, I, I think, I think one of the things that's exciting about our business, we, we've got a lot of folks that take a lot of ownership. We have a really high entrepreneurial spirit inside our entire organization. So for 130 or 140 people we have working here, we have a lot of entrepreneurial spirit. And so we, we, we kind of tackle challenges head on. But I would say, you know, a couple of things that come to mind are really, they're, they're kind of project related where we had customers that, uh, a good example was uh, we had a customer in New York that had a natural gas supply challenge uh, in in New York uh, because they 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 didn't have pipeline capacity, mm-hmm. and you know this this is in a in a region where we had very little uh, experience and, and it was for a size of project we had never we had never tackled so it was a larger project than we had ever tackled. And we were able to put together a solution, support it uh, in New York from Houston. We, we moved people up there. We sent people up there for, the, for a term. 
uh, we put together a good plan and we executed it and, and it went very well. And that was a big stepping stone for us. That was in about 2019. And in 2019, we proved to ourselves we really could go and, you know, go across the country and bring big solutions for complex problems and, and effectively do it, um, you know, almost flawlessly. And mm. so that, that was a big that was a big challenge that we went through. How do we ultimately the challenge was how do we get outside of our kind of home region in a way and scale that's big enough to justify that growth? And we and we proved it to ourselves and to our investors that we could do it. Yeah. So that solving that problem really sounds like helped you for the long term. Um, Absolutely. And so you mentioned uh, AI. It sounds like you guys are tracking that and kind of keeping your eye on the on the AI trend. Um, are there any other trends and developments in the industry that you guys have your eye on? You know, we um, it, it's AI related. It's it's our data acquisition. Um, of our all of our equipment in the field, you know some of the things that historically in the energy business, um, bringing in operational data has been primarily the you know it's it's natural gas flows and pressures and temperatures. It's all the very rudimentary information about what what you actually have in the field, and so we're we're looking at trends on um, predictive analytics um, okay. that are you know again kind of tied to ai and 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 some maybe not it's just more of um how can we take all of this historical data from our operations and start to have predictive analytics around it uh, that's been something we've been looking at for the last couple of years and we finally are seeing the technology side of the you know the hardware the software the computing power the cloud services that are available we're seeing enough power and technological advancement there that uh, we, we feel confident that we could start to implement some of that type of, of work where uh, a good example might be looking at historical trends for gas deliveries at a, at a location over the last five years. Can we actually now start to have the system tell us when to deliver gas versus a human having to interact and find out that that tank is almost empty and we need to deliver gas? That sounds very simple. Um, but it's a lot more complex than, than it sounds on the surface. Mm -hmm. um, and so really kind of almost having detectors in place, not only notice problems, maybe before they happen, but, uh, and I can imagine even something as simple as gas, like if you fill it at the right time, you're just going to be more efficient. Is that correct? Yeah, that's, that's right. Uh, that's right. And one, one of the, um, th that's a good point and another point to make is if we are providing an industrial customer with liquefied or compressed natural gas uh -huh. and they're using it at a constant rate but if their process changes and we're not paying attention and they start to use more or less gas uh, for some period of time then our delivery schedules need to change accordingly uh -huh. And historically, we've done that by a human interaction of watching the consumption and kind of calculating when should I deliver a truck to this location. Yeah. And I think I think technology will allow us to make that decision for us and, and use this change in consumption to tell us when to, to change our delivery schedule versus us having to make that decision. 
Very interesting stuff. Well, uh, you've been listening to the Intelliview podcast, and I'm your host, Casey Hawkinson. We've had a, a really interesting conversation here with the CEO of Sapphire Gas Solutions, Sam Thigpen. And uh, Sam, we're, we're down to our last couple questions here. Uh, and um, uh, to start off those last couple questions, um, what um, what sort of maybe partnerships or collaborations that you've formed over the years that uh, you look at that have really helped uh, grow your business? Yeah, there's there's a few. I would say some of the primary partnerships and collaborations would be partnerships with our equipment manufacturers have been huge. Um, you know, we 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 work with some top tier equipment manufacturers. Obviously, as you know, everything that we do is is mobile. It's on wheels. It's it's delivered by truck. And so having quality equipment and having vendors and partners that we can go to when we have a specific need or when we're having a problem and we know we can get their attention and that service, that's been key for us. Uh, you know, another partnership has been our third party services um, like transportation companies. Mm -hmm. We do a lot of our own internal trucking. We deliver a lot of our own equipment and gas to job sites, but we still need those partners that can do that for us when we have to flex up or down on our capacity. And we've got some good long-term trucking uh, relationships across the country that have helped us with that as well. And mm -hmm. I would say those two are, are, are key. And then really our capital partners, that's been ab absolutely important. Um, our capital sponsor today uh, has been with us for the last couple of years here. We've been two years with them mm -hmm. and they have been phenomenal uh, just in their support of our business, our platform and and helping us with the resources we need to grow. And that, you know, when I first started this business, access to capital was was not there. Mm. And I saw that as a huge barrier for for growth, a big bottleneck. And we've got great partners now that have, you know, over the years have taken that that barrier down and given us the ability to really ramp and scale uh, as fast as we can and, and not being, you know, not not put up any any barriers or roadblocks to that and that's been huge that's great and um so for any of our listeners out there if uh, if they wanted to reach out to you with a question uh or even perhaps partner on anything um what's where's the best place to get a hold of you yeah for, for me personally uh linkedin is probably the easiest thing you could go to linkedin and look up sam thigpen on linkedin and and uh I think that's my LinkedIn address is just whatever that whatever they have with Sam Thigpen on the end of it there. That'd be the easiest way to reach out to me. Um, definitely some information. And then just in, in company information, sapphiregassolutions.com uh, okay. is our website. Yeah, happy to go there. And there's a contact form as well. And okay. there's always folks that are that are available. That's great. So sapphiregassolutions.com and Sam Thigpen on LinkedIn. Uh, well, that concludes our podcast here for today. You all have been listening to the IntelliBee podcast, and uh, uh, we very much enjoyed having our guest, Sam Thigpen, CEO of Sapphire Gas Solutions, on the episode. So, Sam, thank you. Uh, really appreciate uh, your insight and uh, your time here today. Um, have a great rest of your day and thank you all out there for listening. You've been listening to the IntelliBee podcast. Yeah. Thanks, Casey.